It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. All right, welcome into this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast for you here on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We really appreciate tuning in and listening into the podcast as this week's edition of the podcast was aired the weekend of Friday, September 9th through Sunday, September 11th. So a lot to get to here on this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, But really quickly, before we get into the great interviews we conducted on this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, let's go over the results of all the racing action from this past weekend in NASCAR. The Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series were all in action at Kansas Speedway as the Camping World Truck Series continuing on in their playoff run. John Hunter Nemechek was your winner at Kansas in the Truck Series this past weekend. And now here are the standings. As your top 10 drivers are into the playoffs, that's Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Stuart Friesen, Ty Majeski, Grant Enfinger, Christian Eccles, and Carson Hosever, and Matt Crafton rounding out the top 10 there in this week's edition. And with that win by John Hunter Nemechek in this week's edition, he advances into the next round in the Truck Series playoffs. Congratulations there to John Hunter Nemechek. On his win at Kansas over in the Xfinity Series, Noah Grayson comes away with a victory at Kansas in the Xfinity Series. And their regular season will conclude at Bristol Motor Speedway. And then at the conclusion of that race at Bristol Motor Speedway, we'll get our 12 drivers that will be locked in and ready to go for the Xfinity Series playoffs, which will begin on Saturday, September 24th at Texas Motor Speedway. Over in the Cup Series, Bubba Wallace was your winner at Kansas. And here are the 16 drivers still currently in position for a run of the championship. Christopher Bell is your number one ranked driver. William Byron in second. Denny Hamlin third. Joe Logano fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Alex Bowman in sixth. Chase Elliott at seventh. Kyle Larson eighth. Ross Chastain ninth. Daniel Suarez is tenth. Tyler Reddick is eleventh. Austin Sindrick is twelfth. Kyle Busch thirteenth. Austin Dillon is 14th, Chase Briscoe is 15th, and Kevin Harvick is your 16th-ranked driver. And four of those drivers will not longer be racing for the championship after the race this upcoming weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. As Bristol is the cutoff race for the round of 16 in the playoffs. So after our race at Bristol, four of these drivers will no longer be battling it out for a championship. And as of right now, these are your last four drivers. That's Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Busch. Those are the uh, four drivers that are currently right now out of the championship. And over IndyCar news, IndyCar's season ended in a nail-biter. Will Power is your two-time IndyCar champion as he won this past season in the IndyCar series as he beat uh, teammate Joseph Newgarden by 16 points to win the championship. And also Alex Palau was the winner in the race action uh, this past uh, weekend in uh, Portland. So congratulations there to uh, Will Powers, your 2022 IndyCar champion. And also congratulations to Alex Palau, who won uh, the race this past weekend. And other big breaking news we want to talk about. Of course, we'll mention this more on the program coming up this weekend. But NASCAR will be returning to North Wilkesboro Speedway next year as they announce for the 75th anniversary season of NASCAR. The NASCAR All-Star Race will be at North Wilkesboro Speedway next year. So uh, a lot of great, exciting news going on. NHRA will kick off their series, I believe, later on this week. So they're going to have some action going on. 
So uh, just an exciting edition of the uh, Southern Race Week Radio podcast. In fact, coming up here in just moments, you'll hear the great interviews we conducted in just moments. We'll be speaking with Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network. We'll be speaking with the lovely Stephanie Moyer, driver in the ARCA series. And then we'll be speaking with Jansen Marchbanks, who is a driver in the Cars Tour series. So those are our great guests that will be joining us this week here on the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. This is Alan Kavana. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We're continuing on with this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. And we had a very, very exciting kickoff to the 2022 NASCAR playoffs at Darlington Raceway this past weekend as we kick off the playoffs. And also... A lot of great action uh, a couple of weeks ago at North Wilkesboro is too, as they've been having their revival series over there. A bunch of great, uh, uh, the car, I know the Car Tour series were there, among other series uh, that participated in the revival of uh, North Wilkesboro Speedway into a breakdown of everything that happened in North Wilkesboro and then also everything that happened at Darlington, two of the most historic tracks uh, when you think of NASCAR. Let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the lead announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug! Mr. Rice, woo! Once again, great friend of the show. We appreciate you taking the time to join us yet again this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully, you're having a great day today, my friends. Yep, had a nice, uh, chill Labor Day weekend, so that was good and uh, ready to get to round two of the NASCAR playoffs. Yes, sir. In fact, you guys will be at Bristol Motor Speedway next weekend. The Performance Racing Network will have coverage of the Bristol Night Race, which will be the cutoff race for the round of 16. So I'm very excited to talk about that here in just a a couple of minutes. But, Doug, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But the first thing I want to touch on you is you've been in this sport for many, many years. You know a lot about the history of this great sport. Being there back in North Wilkesboro, seeing cars, seeing the action, seeing the fans back in attendance. Tell me what you're thinking and your thoughts as you experience this whole racetrack revival at North Wilkesboro. For me, it was very personal. Uh, I have spent, and my wife and I have gone to North Wilkesboro probably 40 times to see races. It's 70 minutes from my house. So it, it, it holds a special place for me. It never was a glamorous location. It never was a fancy fan amenity racetrack, but that didn't matter. It had great racing. Five-eighths of a mile, the back stretch goes uphill, the front stretch goes downhill, they last raced cup cars there in 96. Jeff Gordon won the last cup race at North Wilkesboro, and they tried some other things and never really got it going back again. And I'll be honest, 10 years ago, I would have told you, okay, the next time the bulldozers are at North Wilkesboro, they'll be knocking it down and putting in a strip mall. Fortunately, that didn't happen. The revitalization of North Wilkesboro started in earnest, I feel like, when Dale Jr. reached out to Marcus Smith, the uh, COO of Speedway Motorsports and said, hey, we want to go up there and laser measure the track so we can do an race on it. So they did that. I mean, Junior himself got out there with a weed eater getting the weeds off the track so they could. And I think it's at that point he starts lobbying Marcus saying, can you do something? Can you open something up? Can you make something happen? And I think stayed on Marcus, and Marcus always said, yeah, you know, we, there's there's something to be done there. And so this past week, that was the culmination of that with the Cars Tour Series, which is a late model stock car touring series, primarily 
Tennessee, Virginia, the Carolinas, racing there. But what made the difference, and make no mistake, was that Dale Earnhardt Jr. said, I'll bring a car. He brought a number three Sundrop car, which is the same car that he raced up there years and years ago, decades ago. And I, and I was there this past Wednesday. Uh, the place was packed. I think they oversold tickets. It, it had every bit of 20,000 people there, primarily to watch Dale Earnhardt Jr. race. He did well. Started sixth. He finished third. I think he gave the crowd a thrill. And, uh, you know, I've got to credit Marcus Smith and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the people of Wilkes County. They had their own Save the Speedway committee there that they were very vital in it. So there's a lot of people that touched on this. And it's good to see. It, I, I'd much rather see it come back and be used than bulldozed under, and here we have lost another track. Now, do you think once they do the improvements of the facility, get it back to you know a, a great uh, situation there, do you possibly see maybe an event being there, whether it be maybe the All-Star Race, since it, it is closer to uh, Charlotte? I know that's always a concern for a lot of these teams talking about the All-Star Race, maybe having it at, at North Wilkesboro or even the, the Clash as well. Could we, could, could we see that? Uh, or even maybe the Cup Series might return there at some point. I mean, do you see a possibility where NASCAR could be more involved in what goes on in North Wilkesboro? I could, I could see a scenario where an all-star race could be held there because that's a one-day show. You show up, it's like I said, it's an hour from Charlotte and the race teams, so they would like that because they wouldn't have the expense of housing people overnight to go to do a non-points race. I don't, I don't have any inside intel on that, but I could see that as a down-the-road once they get the place fixed up that you could you could host an all-star race, you'd sell it out. Let's say you had 25,000 people. That's okay. Speaking with Doug Rice here, the Performance Racing Network, and taking a look at this past weekend at Darlington to kick off the playoffs, uh, Doug. Uh, a lot of crazy action in Darlington. A lot of the you know drivers that are in the playoffs, those top guys, did not perform very well. Chase Elliott finished last, Kevin Harvick in 33rd, um, Kyle Busch in 30th, and, of course, Kevin's problem with his car just catching on fire. What happened with Kevin Harvick's vehicle? Well, I, I know this. Um, I, I saw a tweet that Rodney Childers, his crew chief, put out, and he goes, he said, these cars are designed to catch a lot of rubber and puts rubber on hot places in the car, and that causes fires. He should know that better than most. I mean, he's working on these cars. It's obvious they've got a problem. This is the fourth car this year that's caught on fire. That shouldn't be happening. I have a feeling it's probably an easy fix, but you've got to fix it. Carbon fiber burns. If it gets hot enough, it burns, and that's what these cars are made out of now. So that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, the drivers are also raising a lot of concerns about the impact that they're having in crashes. These cars are rigid. They're stiff. They built them this way so the cars would survive. But the energy in a crash goes to the driver. So I think these are all things that NASCAR is aware of. And I have a feeling you will see not a complete overhaul of the car, but there will be some work done on these cars to address those particular problems before we go racing next year. And here in Atlanta, Chase Elliott is our guy, as we're based out of Atlanta here for Southern Race Week Radio. Chase did not have, obviously, a great race finishing last. Um, I know this is just the first race of the playoffs, and obviously no cup playoff driver won the race. So how is Chase's thoughts as he gets ready for the next race? Or I know there's a lot of playoff points. A lot of you can have a mulligan or, or however you can say. But after this first race, how do you see that playoff hunt Chase uh, well, kind of stacking up a little bit more? I'll say this. He used his mulligan. He's already put a ball in the water. Uh, he, he, I, I felt like going in, I thought, okay, he's, he's almost got a free pass. 
but I didn't see him coming up and having the absolute last place finish. You know, I don't think anybody did. Carr wasn't good at all at Darlington the whole time he was down there. He got in the back. He spun out on his own, and he was out. So, I mean, they, they, they're not in awful shape, but they surely can't have another day that they go and they finish in the 30s, not if they want to make it. Uh, for Kevin Harvick, he had no real points. He had two wins, but he didn't have a lot of points to start with. I think he's going to have a real tough hoe making it to the next round. But that's what this is all about. I mean, this is all about performance now. And, you know, if Chase goes to Kansas or Bristol and it wins, he doesn't have to worry. But they, it, this took one of the wins away from the potential title holders with Eric Jones, who was not a playoff driver, winning a race. I mean, that just that took that out of play. And how awesome was it for you to see Eric Jones in the number 43 car win there at Darlington? I mean, if there's anywhere that 43 should win, I feel like Darlington seems like the most appropriate place for that. Well, well, that's a historic number. Been in the game a long time. Richard Petty never had a lot of success at Darlington. He just didn't. I think he won the Southern 500 one time. So, uh, But good on, good on Eric Jones. And I think it does Eric Jones a lot of good to go, hey, I can win. I don't have to win at Talladega and Daytona. He's now a two-time winner of the Southern 500. He has three career wins, but two of them are a crown jewel event. And I don't, I don't think that should be lost on people. And, you know, Petty GMS gets Noah Gregson over there to race next year. So so good on them. That's a, that's a really that's a really nice story. And it's got to it's gotta make Eric Jones and that team feel good. Okay, we didn't win the playoffs, but we, we, we didn't get to the playoffs, but we won one of the biggest races of the year. In a couple of weeks, the Performance Racing Network will be uh, delivering coverage from Bristol Motor Speedway, the night race there at Bristol, which will be the uh, cutoff race of the uh, first round of the playoffs. How excited are you guys to get back out there, get behind the mic, and uh, call action at uh, Bristol? Because uh, we've had some of your great uh, finish calls from the Bristol Motor Speedway over the years. Always an exciting race for you to call, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, you know, we've been off for about a month and a half. So uh, it, it's nice to, to get back to the racetrack, uh, to call some action, and what better place to do it than Bristol Motor Speedway? Because you do not know what's going to happen there. I, I, the thing I like about that is the uncertainty that every lap something can happen and change the complexion of the race. And sometimes it's the very last lap. So it's, it's a great place to go. The, the other thing about this year that just jumps out to me, there are no favorites. There's no one team that I'm looking at week to week going like, man, they're, they're, they've got it. They've got this covered. They're going to win. I, I just don't see that. Well, we're looking forward to it. That'll be the uh, Bristol Night Race Saturday night, September 17th. The green flag will drop at 7.30 p.m. Pre-race coverage on the Performance Racing Network will begin at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, uh, Mr. Rice, really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. If any of our listeners want to follow along with what's going on with the Performance Racing Network and along with yourself, where can they go to follow you guys? GoPRN.com, at PRN Live uh, on Twitter. We have a great Twitter feed. We have a couple of folks that run that that do a wonderful job. If you want to follow along with what I'm chatting about, it's uh, at Riceman61. So always welcome new followers. And if you... Send me a, a, a note and ask me a question. I really go out of my way to try to answer them. I'm Jacqueline Drake, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. You continue on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline. She made some history at the Milwaukee Mile back a few weeks ago in the Arca Series 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Miss Stephanie Moyer. Miss Moyer, thank you so much for taking the time to join us again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. We're really honored and privileged to have you back on the program here. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back. Of course, one of the Bushlight drivers that are a part of the Accelerate Her program. And the reason I wanted to have you on here, Stephanie, is because you, along with five other talented young ladies, made some history in the ARCA series as, uh, for the first time ever, six female drivers were on the entry list for the um, the Milwaukee Mile Race that happened a few weeks back. Tell me how that felt to know that you and these five other talented ladies we're making history in the ARCA series by the most women ever featured in an event. I felt super humbled to be a part of something that big, and especially when it comes to history in the making, it's always something that kind of boosts your confidence and momentum a little bit and gives you more like a nudge to be like, hey, listen, we're, we're all going to be a part of this. It's just going to keep growing, and you're just making history. So I feel like it was really, really cool. I kind of expected something like this to happen, like, Last year, early in the season, I just didn't know it was going to be that quick. So it's really great to see many more women coming into the sport. And I know you're a part of the Accelerate Her program. So for you, kind of representing the women in racing, what do you think that says for the other women out there who are watching this race or maybe heard about this and your love of trying to spread the sport to the female populations? I feel like opportunities like this are going to start coming around a lot more. I think Bush Light really put a starter to all this uh, with bringing women into the sport. And I feel like as more women come into the sport, more opportunities are going to come for them and try to kind of break the, the male dominance and make an inequality kind of thing. And I feel like being that Bush light started it, I think more companies or just like more organization stuff is going to happen. So I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of a brighter future for the women coming into the sport. Now, for the ladies out there who might be listening, and I'm sure you've probably talked to a lot of young girls as you've kind of gone from race to race, track to track over the years. I know with men, it's easy to talk to each other about the sport, but is it easier to know that you can maybe, because you had so many women in this event, is it great to know that you can go to other ladies other female drivers and be able to get advice about how to race as well? Is it nice to kind of go to a, a female driver to talk about racing that maybe compared to, you know, maybe some of the men drivers you've talked to? I feel like it would be super easy only because like us women are still evolving and we're all in the same boat of trying to be a part of a male dominant sport. So getting most opportunity discussions as well as what it's like to be on the track, how you do this track, what's your car like, and just basically overall getting the general idea of being able to conversate about coming into this sport and growing. Um, I feel like it, it's really easy, and all of us women are super humble and very, very easy to talk to, so I don't see it being a problem. How's the competition between the ladies? Like, do you guys get along very well? Is there a lot of competition? How is that relationship like with some of the other female drivers that you race in in the Arkham and Art series? I feel like we're on the same boat. Um, the competition isn't really that drastic. Being you have Venturini cars and you have Rhett Joan cars and then you have like me with Fast Track. So like we, we all have different equipment. So as of right now, like there's not really much competition. Obviously, we're all still trying to achieve what most men want to achieve, good equipment, start winning races and getting the best finishes. But 
Other than that, everything's just super neutral between us all. Speaking with Arkham Menard Series driver Stephanie Moyer here on this week's edition of Sunday Race Week Radio, and as we take a look at the event, uh, you did, you know, obviously you had some troubles there. You didn't probably finish where you wanted to or had the performance you wanted to, but uh, coming out of that race and getting ready for the rest of the season, do you think you've achieved a lot of the goals and a lot of the things you wanted to accomplish this year, or do you still feel like there's a lot of things you still want to accomplish and get done before the end of the season? I definitely have learned a whole lot versus last year. Um, Coming into this year, I kind of had a general idea of all the tracks that I've already been to and basically saw what the season's kind of going to look like. Um, I did bring the knowledge that I had last year into this year, and I kind of learned a lot more. But this year was more calm for me. Um, Last year it was like a deer in the headlights, you know, first year in an ARCA series, never drove one of those cars before up until the, my second year now doing full season of the East races. Um, I'm more calm this year. And I think Milwaukee kind of put the, the tip of the iceberg for me because Milwaukee is one of the hardest tracks I've ever been to. And like going into that race, I was super, super nauseous because last year it didn't go as well. We were tight the whole entire race. And this year it was almost the same but i took what i learned last year and kind of threw it into this year and i mean obviously the finish wasn't great that we wanted to get by but we got the the last hardest track for me out of the way and coming into bristol is going to be a sweet ride because Bristol's like super comfortable for me it's like i knew that track from the back of my hand so i'm a little too calm coming into this one and Bristol Motor Speedway, I mean, such an intimidating track, not because of the size, but just because of the track. But, I mean, the, the enormous presence of Bristol Motor Speedway. So as you get ready for a race like Bristol, how do you prepare yourself and how do you get ready for such a, an amazing venue to go out and perform at? So we do a lot of a lot of training. I just got a new sim um, from Sim Seeds and Bush Light, uh, the accelerator program. And so I've been using that to kind of get me prepared for this race. It's very challenging because it is a short track and the banking is insane. But so it takes it takes a lot of toll on your body and you got to work up the muscles in your arms and everything. So just coming into that physically and then coming in mentally, it's Bristol. Everything happens really quickly. So you got to kind of be on your toes and keep your reflexes up to date. And just coming into this race, I feel I feel like it's going to be a good one for us. Well, Stephanie, I know you still got a lot more racing to go here in this season, and I'm sure a lot of our fans are really anxious to learn what you got coming up on the schedule. So if our listeners are interested in learning more about you and maybe your schedule and what's coming up for you in your racing career, uh, where can they go to keep up with you and get information and maybe even purchase merchandise as well? Sure. So we are, I am on all social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Steph Moyer. You can get me on Facebook at Stephanie Moyer Racing. Uh, we are most up to date with our Facebook page, so that would be the place to go. I am on TikTok at Steph Moyer, and you can get me on Twitter as well as Steph Moyer. Well, Miss Moyer, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you in the rest of the season. Looking forward to what your future holds for you, and looking forward to having you back on the program here sometime down the road, my friend. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. We continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Hotline. He is a driver in the Cars Tour Series and just a few weeks ago was battling it out with Dale Jr. at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in driver Mr. Jensen 
March Banks. Ah. Mr. Marchbanks, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And welcome back as this is your second uh, trip here on the program. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week, sir. Hey, man. How's it going, brother? Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. It's such an honor to uh, to be able to come back on the show. Well, I got to tell you, you, I'm sure, had a, a very exciting last couple of weeks. You raced there at North Wilkesboro Speedway in the inaugural Window World 125 alongside, the, of, of course, the biggest names in the Car Store Series, but also Dale Jr. was a part of this event. Now, before we talk about everything that went on, let me ask you, what was it like to head to North Wilkesboro Speedway and race? Yeah, man, um, it was really such an honor um, to, to be able to uh, race against all the Cars Tour regulars, but also to race against Dale Jr. That's obviously pretty nerve-wracking from a small-town guy like me. So uh, it was such an honor and a privilege, man, to be able to race in front of, I'd say, easily 20,000 people, man. Like, you know, a lot of people will never get to experience that, and it was truly an honor for the car store to pick me and be a part of that. I was really looking forward to it all weekend long. And going into it, we just wanted to run good. You know what I mean? We, we didn't have real high expectations. We wanted a top 10. We wanted a top five. That would be great. But we just wanted to go there and have fun and say, you know, hey, we raced against Dale Jr. And I think we accomplished that, man. And just being able to always hold on to that memory. Where we finished um, will we'll, not matter in 20 years man we we can i can always go back and say hey i got to race against dale jr at north wilkesboro speedway which hasn't been in operation in in over a decade and it must be difficult because this is not a track that you've been on you've never had an experience of being in north wilkesboro so how did you prepare yourself for racing at north wilkesboro what did you do to get yourself prepared for this event yeah you know obviously it's kind of hard to uh to really decide what to really lean on for information on the racetrack like you said because it hasn't been in operation in, in a very long time so our racing was a huge thing uh, leaned on that a good bit and went back and watched some of the races from the 80s and 90s and stuff like that and that helped a lot watching those and watching footage just kind of seeing the racetrack familiarizing myself with it and we also got to go test with cameron hedgecock he drove our other car which is he works on my car crew chief's my car he drove our other car in a limited race. So we went and tested with him the day before our test day, the Cars Tour Lake Mall Stock Test Day, and that kind of helped a lot to kind of prepare myself. I had kind of laid eyes on the racetrack before just showing up and practicing, you know. So it's really hard to, to prepare for a race like that, but limited practice and everything like that, I think we had a, a decent shot going in. Speaking with short track driver in the Cars Tour Series, Jansen Marchbanks here on Southern Race Week Radio as we recap all the fun that happened at the North Wilkesboro Speedway a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Dale Jr. was a, a big instrumental person that put all this together. He was one of the first people to go to Marcus Smith and, and beg him to get this track up and going. Now, there's, there's still renovations are going on. There's still going to be a lot of work that's going to be done at the track. But to have Dale Jr. there, and he's a big fan of the Cars Tour Series. He was... Very, very happy to be a part of this. What's it like to, to sit there with Dale Jr., race with him, and then how's he like as an individual? Because I'm sure a lot of you had an opportunity to speak with him pre-race or post-race. How's he like as just a guy outside of the car? Just We all know who Dale Earnhardt Jr. is, but what's it like to sit there and communicate with him and talk to him and get to know him a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, first off, we everybody should uh, should realize what Dale does for the short track racing world. Um, he done a lot with this event, man, and he worked really hard. It's just really cool to see people coming back to the short track racing, and that that you can get a crowd that looks like a NASCAR on a, on a Sunday or Saturday evening race. And that was just truly 
so cool. And, and Dale's such a great guy, man. Like you said, he's a fan of the Cars Tour, and he likes to speak to people. He likes to talk, interact with fans, interact with drivers at that. Got to talk with him a little bit after the race and just kind of tell him, hey, you know, thanks for putting this event on because without you, none of this would have happened. And that's just what everybody should realize is what he's doing for the short track racing world. I think they said like a week before the race, man, there was no power at that racetrack. And, um, you know, they got it all up and running, and he's the one who initiated, um, you know, possibly running a late model stock event there and, and getting it up on our racing and stuff. And it's just very cool, man. And Dale's just such a great guy outside of the car. He's a wheel man. I mean, he can – it's amazing just watching him. I got to follow him a few times. Uh, unfortunately, one time he was coming around to lap me, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. But uh, anyways, I mean, just getting behind him and just seeing how smooth he is on the wheel, how he gets out to the wall and how he can ride the wall just an inch from the wall, just so close all the way around the place, just smooth on the wheel, man. And uh, definitely couldn't ask for a better guy to uh, be representing the short track world and bringing it back um, – the way it should be brought back and, and publicized, you know, the racetrack revival. I think it was a very cool event that, that he put on and just hats off to Dale Jr. And thank you to him. Now you said you did a lot of eye racing to kind of prepare yourself for this. You watched a lot of classic uh, races from North Wilkesboro from the eighties and nineties. As you're watching those videos of those past races and you know, you're a young cat, you're now in this new kind of uh, era of racing. But when you look back at those old races from the eighties and nineties in North Wilkesboro, does there, is there anything that really jumps out at you as you, as you kind of watch some of these old veterans who were back in those days racing, uh, did you, did you, what did you kind of jumped out at you there? Yeah, so obviously, you know, what you're looking for when you go to watch footage and anything, just like the bigger guys, you're looking to kind of see what lines they're running, what lines they're running in the race, where you can kind of move around and, and find grip to pass and different passing lanes. And obviously that was different um, over a decade ago, but it's still all kind of the same thing. And just watching those guys, man, and just seeing how, how ruthless they were behind the wheel. They weren't scared to uh, to go after it and get it. There were a few um, wrecks that I watched on there, just people getting aggressive, just going for it. And, and that was cool to see. And when you watch footage like that, you just want to get gather on, you know, how much information you can. That's what you're going for is how much information you can gather from watching that footage and how it's going to benefit you going into a big race like that where you don't get a test day. You kind of, you know, get two rounds of practice and you go straight into qualifying um, like the older days. So, uh, Jansen, obviously there's a few more races left in the Car Tour Series. We're looking forward to see how you finish up the season. If our listeners want to keep up with your schedule, your race schedule, merchandise, news, any information, uh, where can they go to keep up with you and follow along and, and see what your progress and what's going on with you? Yeah, man, absolutely. So, uh, Jansen Marchbanks um, on Facebook or Jansen Marchbanks Racing, Jansen Marchbanks 10 on Instagram. You can go there or you can go to um, my racing page um, on the internet, jansenmarchbanksracing.com, and you can see all of the uh, events left for this year and what, what events we plan to run. We have a few that's not on the schedule on our, on our racing page that we're going to run, um, one be including the 400 uh, in Florence, the Florence 400. So South Carolina 400 at that, I think, is what it is. So we're going to run that race. But, yeah, you can go keep up with us on there. And also Jansen Marchbanks 10 on TikTok. I like posting racing on TikTok. So that's kind of a good good little deal to kind of see um, behind the scenes. So give that a check. And we appreciate all the support and, and really looking forward to uh, seeing what we can gather and, and accomplish for the rest of the Cars Tour season. Really looking forward to it and, and hoping uh, we can have a few good runs left. I think there's four or five Cars Tour races left. Um, so hoping we can have some good finishes to uh, to cap off the year. Well, Jansen, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Sir, good luck to you the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll catch back up with you down the road and follow along with your progress and see how your season ends. So thank you so much for taking the time, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Alfred, and thanks, everybody. 
um, that, that put on the North Wilkesboro event and everybody at the College Tour, Jack McNally, Keeley, um, Dale Jr., and, and like I said, Alfred, thanks for having me on, guys, and um, really look forward to it, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Hey, everyone, it's Jeff Burton, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio na- Network. It's Alfie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Appreciate you tuning in and listening into the program this week, and if you want to hear it again, maybe you were listening to this week's episode and you go, you know what, I want to hear this episode again. Well, you can by checking out the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Uh, This week's episode will be available for you on Monday. Check out iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Check out this episode and any of our previous week's episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. Just go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, and while you're there, we really appreciate it if you subscribed to the podcast as well. And once again, thanks to our great guests for joining us this week. Of course, Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network. Arkham Menard Series driver Stephanie Moyer and the and a driver in the Cars Tour Series, Jansen Marchbanks. Thanks to those great guests for joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget about our social media platforms. That's right, we have a Facebook page and a Twitter page you can like and follow. So check it out. Just like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, where we always provide for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the latest in racing news and information right there on our Facebook page and Twitter page. So please go and check that out. And also, we have an email address, so feel free anytime to uh, send us an email. Maybe you have a comment, a thought. Maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to be promoted here on the program. Please let me know about it. You can email me anytime at srwradio at yahoo.com. Once again, that email address is srwradio at yahoo.com. And uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the program. Always appreciate our loyal listeners and love going through all the emails. So many positive things, and we really appreciate uh, you because if it's not for you, we are not going to be able to do what we do here on Southern Race Week Radio. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. Thank you.